past sins that you're still dealing with and you keep stumbling. But as you grow in faith, as you grow in Jesus, as you grow and walk, you, start, you stop stumbling over those things and you keep going. You get some speed. And then you're like, whoa, this is too fast. And then you wipe out. But as you go, you progress, you get better and better and better. And then on the hill, we saw this, uh, she was probably like an eight-year-old girl where she kind of wiped out and you could tell she wasn't hurt, but she just looked so exhausted and all she wanted to do was just lay back on the snow. And she did this and we were looking at her and she was about like 200 feet away and she was literally laying right in the middle of the hill where people are coming down. And so we're looking at this and She's too far away to like, and too high up to help. So we're just like, kind of like keeping an eye back and forth. And then um, after maybe a couple minutes, she's just laying there and no one's really, everyone's kind of going past her. Some guy uh, comes up and he helps her. He slows down and he just at least stands by her because she's just obviously just taking a break. And he starts talking to her, <laughs> obviously taking a break. And... He's just, he just there to make sure that she's okay and that no one hurts her and that she can get up and keep on going. And this really reminded me of a verse. Um, it's written in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. That verse is, I don't even need to turn there, but uh, bear each other's burdens and thus fulfilling the law of Christ. And so it was a really good reminder that as Christians, when we see someone who's down, when we see someone who's falling or maybe have fallen or maybe someone that needs help, we need to come up, we need to initiate, and we just need to help that person out. If we see someone that's, you know, needs help, we need to help that person out. And we need to help people, bear each other's burdens, help each other out, carry that person's burdens. And I just want to share an example from my life really quick that um, one of the speakers that's going to be talking today, one of the preachers, um, this was several months back, and he, he let me share this testimony, but um, basically it was a Sunday night service, and Dasha Titov was saying one of her poems, and her poems can get very emotional, very, I've, I really like her poems, and they're, uh, it, it resonates with what I went through and what I was going through in my early Christian walk. And so every time I hear it, it's just really good to hear that. And so I was preaching that night, and then after I was done preaching, I walked out the door, and I sat in the back. And then I was, as I was sitting there in the back, and Dasha was saying her poem, I kind of just look over, and there's this guy, he was just crying, he was weeping. And I was just like, you know... It's, it's kind of a weird thing. You kind of look over, and it's like everyone's kind of sitting there, and this guy's just weeping. And so towards the end of her poem, he walks out, and I'm like, you know what? I have to walk out and see, like, what, what's going on there. So we walk out, and he, he walks to the bathroom, and I walk into the bathroom with him. It was kind of awkward. I'm like, don't know what to say. And I'm like, you know what? I was too scared to say anything. And then we walk out, and he sits down right on the bench, and I sit down next to him. And I just, start, I just start asking him, I'm like, I don't know, I didn't even know what to say to this guy, I don't know what to do, but I just start talking, like, continuing kind of what the poem was saying, kind of the message, and then that was that, and then I saw that guy youth a couple times after that, we were talking, you know, and we were talking to, like, 
12 o'clock like, to like midnight, and we both, he wakes up at 3.30, I woke up at 4.30, and we're just talking, we're talking about God, talking about Jesus, and it was really awesome. But then, months later, I, after like fellowshipping with this guy, seeing him grow, and I was like, hey, you need to preach, I know you have something to share. And then, I didn't really think back to that moment where I talked to him where the first time, but months down the road, he shares a testimony where he was going through a really rough time where he lost a family member, and there's a lot of stuff going on in his personal life, and he's like, I really needed someone in that moment. Like, like that was so crazy that you just came up to me and just talked to me. And I didn't know, like, while he was preaching and sharing his testimony, I was crying. I was just like, dumbfounded. I was like, God, this is so awesome. Like, I didn't even realize that I could get, like, used in that moment. Like, I didn't even, I didn't feel an urge to go do anything. Like, back in the day, I used to, if, 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 if I felt that feeling, like, I need to talk to that person, I would come up and talk to that person. If God put it on my heart, maybe I'd come up and talk to that person. But at that time, I was just like, you obviously saw someone was down, and you go and talk to that person. And so I want to encourage you guys. It's, and how can we do this practically as a youth? It's really simple. After service ends, look around, see someone who's maybe here for the first, second time, maybe third time, maybe fourth time. See someone who's new to the youth and talk to them. Invite them to your friend group. Socialize with them. Make them feel welcome. Help, help out the body, because we... Because oftentimes we forget, we come here like as individuals, I'm in my own space, don't touch me. Kind of like that, we have this bubble, don't look at me, don't touch me. But it's like we're a body of believers. We're a community, we're a body, like we're all part of one body. Someone's the hands, someone's the leg, someone's the eyes. I don't know what, I'm, I, don't know what I am, but I'm somewhere in there. And all of us are a part of this body. And if one member is hurting, the whole body hurts, right? And so that's something I wanted us to think about. As worship group comes up right now, we're going to have a prayer to, for God to just bless this service, for God to give us mercy, for God just to speak through the preachers and the sermons and the words and the poems and the songs that we'll be saying today. Let's pray. Is it not a miracle that we're standing here today? <clears throat> uh, before I start, if you guys have a pen or pencil or if you guys do a digital notes or if you got an extraordinary mind, I want you to write down or remember two words, significant and spectacular. <clears throat> uh, today, I would like to compare two people, two prominent people in the Bible in the Old Testament. Uh, they happen to be... David and Saul. Uh, let's open 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 2. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. For his shoulders, from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. And verse 17. When Saul's, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He it is who shall restrain my people. 
and 1 Samuel chapter 10, first verse. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you to be prince over his people Israel? And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign that to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince. Now let's read a little bit about David. I'll take us to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse 12 and 13. And he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from the day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Short recap of what we just read. Both handsome men. Both were anointed to be king. They were called for it. Both were filled with the Spirit. They were gifted for the calling. Others could see it, but most importantly, God could see it. But their reaction to it was polar opposite. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Verse 22. So they inquired again of the Lord, Is there a man still to come? And the Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. We go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. It's almost humorous reading about Saul being a man who's a head taller than everybody else and him hiding himself behind the baggage. But not quite, because when I look at it, sometimes I see myself hiding myself behind the baggage. When I hide myself in the baggage of the past or baggage of comparison, Sometimes even doubt. But David, on the other hand, he stepped up. He took the challenge. And he says, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Basically, what David said was, whatever I have, I surrender to you, God. Take it and use it. Saul, on the other hand, said, I don't know if I have what it takes. If we're a follower of Christ, we shouldn't make the mistake that we're not called for it, because we are called for it, and we are gifted in fulfilling our calling. We mustn't confuse between spectacular and significant. God has given you a significant gift to carry out the purpose. If your gift is serving, serve well. If your gift is teaching, teach well. 
If it's to encourage, then be encouraging. If God has given you the ability of leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Sometimes in our daily lives, we might ask ourselves, I don't know if I was gifted, because it's hard to see myself in the mirror, because a lot of times I compare myself to somebody else and say, I'm not as good as him or I'm not as good as her. My encouragement to you, if you don't know, ask somebody. Because God has left a thumbprint on your life so that others may see it. You're gifted, you got it. But it's up to decide what to do about it. Are we going to be Saul or are we going to be David? So my wish for 2020 is that we surrender that significant gift that God gave it gave you. Because I believe if you take that significant gift and you surrender, surrender it fully, God will take it and he'll make a spectacular story. Amen. Let's pray. Praise God. Also, praise God that his spirit is already moving because the poem that I'm going to be saying today, I've already shared it before, but he's already been speaking it through the sermon and through the songs and even through the word that we read. So he's already moving and he's already touching your hearts. If you just open up your heart to listen even more and to let those roots go down deep. So I'm going to start off by reading these two verses. One of them is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If there is anyone in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And then Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That last verse has gotten me through a lot of, a lot of trials in my life, a lot of deep places that I was in. And the devil, he specifically, he tempts me through my past and, and through those words. He's always trying to remind me, Dasha, look what you did before. Look what you were. How on earth do you think you can stand here and talk about God's word? How on earth do you think that you can preach God's word? How, why do you think that you can go up to people and pray for them? What's wrong with you? Don't you know what you did before? And for a long time, I, all I could do was just stand in front of him and be like, you're right. Like, what am I doing? And I would just cower back into the shadows, wallow in my pain, wallow in my sadness. Like, I'm so miserable. Like, oh my goodness. And he's just like laughing at me. And that's exactly where he wants you. He wants you sitting there laughing at yourself, crying about all your flaws, about everything that you don't do right. But God looks at you, and I thank God that he looks at you through light, and he sees all the good things in you. He sees the potential that you have. He sees what he can do through you. He doesn't look at you and say, well, there's a lot of cracks here. I don't think I can do anything. No, God can, and he will work through you. No matter what you've been through in your life, no matter what you have already done, he's looking at you, and he wants to use you because you have such great potential. You have 
And we can only do that through Christ. So I pray that, that the devil doesn't tempt you guys through this. Is he, if he's trying to, even when you go back home, and he's trying to just tell you that you're not worth it, that you can't, you, you remind him of these verses. And we can only do that if we're in fellowship with Christ. If we're not spending time with God, if we're not abiding ourselves in his truth, we're never going to know what the truth is. We're never going to know that God wants us to look forward. He wants us to continue. He wants us to lay hold of the truth that he put in our hearts. He doesn't want you to look at your past. He wants you to look forward. I peek behind my shoulders, and I see the mountains that I've conquered. I look at the trails I've wandered, the rivers i passed, the rocks moved aside and outcast. Even the oceans divided, where I felt so undecided. The ravines in my way, they seem nothing to me today. So what lies ahead of me? What dread will meet me next? But instead of a hill to ascend, or an army to suddenly impend, I see a house. Could this be another test? So with urgency I press toward the building. Will it be my safe haven or a possible cave -in? In it, there's only one room, but already I feel the doom that looms, as if I walked into my own tomb, and so from the inside it starts to consume, until I no longer see the door, or the windows, or feel the floor. I see a reflection. I see my own conception. To turn around, I met with the same gaze, surrounded by my own face, so I look deep into these mirrors to make out the message clear. And the face in front of me sneers. The other one banters and teases, pulling at every insecurity, laughing at all my impurity, pointing out my appearance and crushing my once confident spirit. I try and distance myself from the faces, but as I run out of one, I'm met with another, and their jeers start to become racist. Who can break me down the fastest? Who will conquer me to a casket? Their replies are practice, attacked for a specific reaction. Now the mirrors are blurry from my tear-stained fury. My reflection is fading as I see myself degrading. And the man behind it dressed in black, the evil one, the killer, the destroyer, the devil, disguises himself oh so cleverly. He hides in my own insecurities. He comes out when I'm most vulnerable. He aches to make me miserable. He's the assailant I never expected because his words are perfectly directed, brought out of my own doubt, pushing me to act out leading me to take dark routes. He builds prison walls in my mind and he dangles the keys in front of my blind eyes to the child that needs to be often reminded of who she was designed by, defined before time, so easily forgotten of the ransom she was bought with even when hit at rock bottom, rotting and unwanted. She was chosen in her darkest, accepted at her weakest, redeemed at the most unstable state. Christ opened those gates. He set free when change should have been appointed. When I thought I was the biggest disappointment at the lowest risen from the deepest abysmal, hope glistened. For my God is not a God that rejects the lowly. He looks toward the broken. He reaches a hand out to the souls frozen. His love melts the hearts imprisoned, those strayed by bad decisions. He points toward freedom and he guides out of treason to those lost in the dark. His light sparks direction into his mighty protection he's the one who looks past trespasses when judgment passes he releases from the depths of sin he gives an eternal win 
He made a bypass for those with no road. He fills the hollow soul. He's the foundation to those falling. He's the voice that is calling. To those who think that there is no more than their broken pieces and they see no reason to keep breathing. When the devil has been deceiving, decreasing your worth, questioning why you were birthed, God answers with a purpose. He tears down that curtain dividing you from death and life separating you from truth divine. It was assigned in your bloodline. Those words were written in stone that you don't owe alone, that those wrongs were erased long ago. But still, I am faced. How could I escape from the words repeating to me, the past haunting me? I looked at the mirror and chose to ignore the stories I read. The scriptures repeating through my head, it was said, but it was written. This truth, this was truth, but I chose lies. All I heard was my own voice refuting fact and accepting the slander. But taking on this banter was making me mad. I had to get out of this house. I had to break from these useless doubts. I looked at the mirror and let it form my image untruthfully. I let it take custody. I forgot oh so easily what I really looked like, how I am perceived through the eyes of Christ. That is the only reflection that matters. And this, the lies are shattered. For if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The reflections froze brazen. The old things passed away, new things have come. The voices go numb. Not that I have already obtained it. The refutes are still, or have already become perfect. Still no interruption. But I press on. The mirrors explode, the jeering is gone. I press on, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And these words I find freedom from these lies in the mirror in his perfect truth I am set free and my true reflection is seen praise God God is good and all the time that's one of my favorite things to say um, because he is good all the time amen Um, the topic that I wanted to speak on today is the fear of God and At first, when we think about the fear of God, it's overwhelming. At least for me, it was. Because I heard people tell me it's not this thing, but it's that thing. Or it's more of this thing, but less of that thing. And so I kind of got confused. And when I was a kid, um, what I understood the fear of God was, or what fear meant to me was, you have a fear of dogs. I am scared of, like, you know, you're, no, I don't have fear of dogs. But I mean, like, you know, you're scared of dogs. So for me, it was one way, because I didn't really dig into the scripture. I didn't really understand it much. And so for me, the fear of God was to be scared of him because you're going to be sent to hell if you don't do what he tells you to do or if you don't read a scripture or if you're not good enough. And so it took me a while before I really started understanding it or at least trying to start to understand it or grasp the concept of it. And uh, one week I was, uh, I was going through a tough time, a lot of ups and downs, and um, this thought kind of hit me and it was kind of like, you're not... Like, you're not following in those, you're not doing the right thing because you don't fear God enough. And so I started thinking much about what the fear of God was. And it's been something that I've just seen God open up to me a bit more. And I've been starting to learn more about the fear of God. And I came to this, this understanding that you can't build up anything without the fear of God. 
You can't build up on knowledge, just like it says in Proverbs, that the beginning of wisdom comes from the fear, like the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't have the fear of God, how are you supposed to build up upon the word that you're reading from? And one example that we have um, out of the scripture that I want to read about is Abraham. And so uh, I want to read first from um, uh, Genesis chapter 22, and I'm just going to read parts of it, not the whole thing. But um, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. So Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, one thing that I caught interesting was he said, take, your, take now your son and go, he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. If, if we know and understand this story, Abraham had two sons. So his first son was Ishmael, and his second son um, was, was um, Samuel. So, um, sorry. In... Um, in this story, what, what caught my attention was that God told him to take his, his son that he loved, was the thing that he held closest, the, the dearest. To, to Abraham, this is the son that he's waited for dozens and dozens of years. He was 100 years old, and he's been waiting on this promise, and God gave him this only son that is going to be able to fulfill this promise that God promised to him. And in return, God is telling him to go and pretty much just sacrifice him to God. And I want to read um, in the end, um, which is from 11 to 12. So chapter 22 as well, but 11 through 12. But the angel, so this is after Abraham is already up on the mountain. He's about to um, kill his son. So, um, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now, I ha- for now I know you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. The angel comes and tells him that now I know you fear me. So this test that God has put Abraham through was to test him if he fears him. God tests us in many ways, but one of the ways that he tests us through is, do we give up what we love the most? And the more that I thought about this, I was thinking of, I don't have a son that I could sacrifice. What do I give to God? And in the time of my struggle where I found something that I didn't want to give up, it started to hit me. It started to convict me that this is the thing that you need to give up because God's testing you if you fear him or not. And to a lot of us, we might think that the things that we love is something like materialistic, like I need to push away, maybe I need to push away Snapchat, maybe I need to push away something like this. But a lot of times we are in love with sin. And God is testing you. You continue to fall into that sin. You continue to go back into that ditch that you know you're going to regret, that you know you're not going to love it there, yet you seem to go there, and it just shows that you don't love God. God tests us in the little things. A lot of times, it's just the way that we, the way that we react towards His, the way that we react to the way He asks us things. Like if, if God, or if you have a feeling that you need to drop something, or let's say like your friends, and you're feeling convicted, and you want to get closer to God, this is something that I've had in my own experience, in my own life, is that I had a group of friends that I didn't want to leave. I had a pull towards wanting to get to know Christ, and I, I'd come to church, but I, I, just didn't have, like, I just didn't know how to let go of these friends 
because I, 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 loved, I loved them so much. I just liked being around them, and I, I just didn't know how I, I would be very embarrassed if I were to become, like, if I were to get into the Word, if I were to become Christian. I just didn't know how they would look at me. And to me, that was something that I had to give up. I just, had, I just ended up spending less time with them because they, in, in my younger mind, I always thought that was cool. I always thought that was more fun. I always thought that was more exciting. And, and to me, I never, I never really thought that there's something better than that. And, and to me, it was, um, I, I couldn't understand how some people were so bold in like, expressing that Jesus is my Savior, that I am able to put away everything. But the more, we get our, the more we get ourselves into the Word, the more we try to pull ourselves closer to God and give up things that we love, it shows God that we truly love Him. It shows God that we truly want to get closer to Him. And in that way, we are able to, to get closer to Him. And that way, we are able to learn new things because once we fear God, then we begin to grow and learn and educate ourselves more. Because from the fear of God, man, like we grow in our wisdom. We, we grow in knowledge and understanding. And I want to read from uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Um, Proverbs, by the way, has a lot of um, good quotes about fearing the Lord. Um, Proverbs verse 7, uh, I mean verse 1, sorry, uh, chapter 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And the way that I look at this verse is, um, so if you have the fear of God, then you can begin to understand, then you have the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and, and instruction. So I praise God because I used to be a fool and now I fear God and I grow in his wisdom and knowledge. And we, we see this more and more nowadays. We see that there is so little fear of God in everything, in, the, in our world around us, in the, the way that the schools, like, we can all see it. There's too many foolish people around. And there's too many people that don't fear God. And for that fact, there's, there's just a complete down, like, downfall of, of everything, of, of trusting in God, of like trusting in that he can help us, and we depend everything upon ourselves. And in the end, that is not the strong rock that we are building upon. We are building upon sand. We're building upon these things in our own minds. And sometimes we forget that one day everything's going to perish. We build up on, on the, the love of this world, the lust of this world, and everything that we have here is just going to perish. The only thing that's going to be left is God, is heaven, and we tend to forget about that goal. And just like Peter was saying about the, the girl that was going down the hill and she, she stumbled and she just laid back. Sometimes we, we get comfortable in that state where we, we're laid back and we're like, you know what, this is, this is comfortable. Like the snow fits right, like I'm comfortable, I'm comfy, and that's how we get in our Christian life. We stumble, we fall, and the devil likes to make us think that you're good right here, you're fine. You don't need to go any further. And we, we get in this loop where we think that we are fine. We're okay. Everything's fine, but really, we're, we're just falling back on, on what we think we should be doing. And I've even found that in my own life, but I praise God that there's brothers and there's people in my life that, that come up to me and they'll speak a word to me that will encourage me. And I'm, I'm uplifted and I move on. I, I, I'm able to get up out of that ditch or am I able to get out of that and be like, you know, I'm not supposed to stop here. This isn't where it stops. And there's, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, so the, the fear of God is broken down to obedience. So when we obey God, just like Abraham obeyed God and gave his only son, um, or his only beloved son, um, when he obeyed him, 
he, that showed God that he did fear him. And through everything, it's, it's, it's all about obeying God, but also trusting in God, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how we feel, no matter how, how bad something might seem. It's just, it's just always about trusting God and obeying him. And to, to me, what I find exciting is that God gives us multiple chances to show him that we fear him. It's not like he's just going to show you once that, okay, you do this, and then you fear me. Okay, that's good. No, it's a chance that we get over and over again. And if you fall, that doesn't mean that God says, okay, you don't fear me. I'm not going to give you another chance. You're done. It's, that's not what it is. That's the devil telling you. That's the devil condemning you. And I have, I've been able to have victory over that. And in return, there's so much you can rejoice over. Because if you have a heart that tells you that I need to get over this, you're already one step further than everybody else because everybody else is not even getting convicted about what, they're go what the wrong that they're doing. And that's been something that's encouraging to me, and I know it's encouraging to many of you because we like to look around at everybody around us, and, and nobody is following what we're doing. We seem to take a different path, and we have to leave our friends behind. We start, have to start a new road. We have to start something new. And some people might look at us and say, dude, like, you're changing. Like, what's wrong with you? And at first, that used to hurt me. But now I'm just saying praise God because even they can see it. Because to me, a lot of times, I, I don't see things. As in, I, I don't think that I'm in the, on the right path. I don't think that I'm going through the right things. I feel like everything around me is falling apart, and I feel like nothing's going my way. But the truth is that we should not go by our feelings. Amen, amen. Because it's so true. We just go by what we feel. We just go by the way we feel. We're like, okay, um, like, we try to, like, sometimes I'll be at work, and there's a guy smoking a cigarette or doing something on the side, and I just have a pull, and it's like, you know, just go talk to him about Jesus. And I'm like, like, like it's just, I, I, don't, I don't feel like it. And I'm like, brothers and sisters, if we get over that feeling of feeling like doing something, we'd be able to walk up to our friends and be like, hey, guys, you know what? I'm sorry I can't hang out, but I'm going to go to church, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that. Something that is so different that they're going to look and be like, dude, what happened to him? And maybe you're going to be the one thing that makes them think back to, dude, I'm in this ditch. I'm in this rut. What am I doing with my life? But they're going to look at you, and they'll be like, I remember him. And he left, and look at how well he's doing now. Or like, it'll be an encouragement. So many times we're just up and caught up in the moment. That's something that kids love nowadays. It's all about the moment. I'm caught up in the moment. Why'd you do that? It was cool in the moment. And it's something that I, I, at this point, I'm like, how could I ever been so foolish? And it brings us back to Proverbs 1 verse 7. It's because I was a fool. I did not have the fear of the Lord, so I did not understand the knowledge. I didn't grow in his knowledge. And when we have this fear of God, it is, it's like the ABCs. It's, it's like the foundation of everything that gets built up onto it. So a child, when he comes, goes to kindergarten, he learns his ABCs, and for the rest of his life, those ABCs are useful. If you ever forget your ABCs, I, I don't think you'll be good in your job. I don't think you'll be good anywhere. So you wouldn't even be able to read. That's pretty much a huge part in our lives, like is reading. Same thing with the fear of God. It's the foundation of our Christianity. It's the foundation of what we build, up up, uh, build upon. And the foundation of this that we hold strong onto, so that no matter what comes in our way, we say, no, it's an encouragement to us. And so when we build upon the fear of the Lord, then we're able to actually read the word and understand it. Because in that way, we're able to depart from evil. From the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And there's so much about the fear of the Lord. 
And the fear of the Lord is nothing that, it's not like we have to be scared of God. In, in the Old Testament, the, the fear of the Lord or the fear of God, people, God killed people where, where he, would, he would kill people. And he said, so that the people would fear me. But we are in this new covenant where we have the Holy Spirit within us that, that we now have a closer relationship with God. And in that manner, it is just like a, it's just like a father or a, like an earthly father where we fear to hurt them. At least I hope you guys do. But you, you have a fear for, for hurting God. And it's, it's a deeper sense. It's, it's even deeper than you're like fearing God because you're scared of going to hell. It's so much deeper that it's, it helps build upon everything else. And in the end, it even comes back to be even more of an encouragement. Because when we fear God in that way, then when sin comes our way, when, when temptations come our way, we say, no, I love my Heavenly Father more. I love the way my Heavenly Father treats me because I know the next day I will not feel worse. I know that I will be encouraged. And I know that it does not depend on the feeling that I have, but it only depends that I still have God. Like everything that we go through, we know that even if the whole world perishes, God is still with me, amen? God is still with us through everything. And we, we even I, sometimes we seem to forget that. Because sometimes we just, we know so much, yet in the time of temptation, it all just disappears. Do you guys notice that sometimes? That when we're struggling through something, it's just like everything else that we've ever, like the encouraging words, just disappears. And sometimes somebody will tell me that encouraging word, and I'm like, thank you. Like, I knew that, but I just needed to be reminded. I just needed to be reminded of that. Um, and so when, when Abraham obeyed, he obeyed right from the start. He, he had, he, he, God spoke to him at night, and then the next morning he, he left, he, he went. It, he, there was no hesitation. And when God looks at our heart, he, he looks and he sees the way we weigh things out. If, if there's a big scale, and you say, okay, my friends want to go out and have some fun. Okay, I'm going to put that on this side, or, and there's, there's church. Wh- which scale is heavier for you? Which way does it balance because that's how you can truly tell for yourself if you do fear God. It's not easy to find out. If your friends are doing something cool, are you, are you the one who just goes and does it with them because, because it's cool, because it's what they like? I, I feel really bad because there's so many young kids nowadays who truly want and desire to get closer to God, but the things that's holding them back is their friends that they think are cool or that they think that will give them like success in the future. But I'm sorry to tell you, I, I remember my, my high school friends, my middle school friends, some of them are jail, some of them are in jail. I, I just hear these stories and I'm like, praise God that, that I was able, to, that God had mercy on me. He was able to pull me out of that. I don't know who I would have been without God. I don't know who I would have been myself. And I'm learning every single day to die to myself and being like cool in general or like prideful. It's, it, I constantly get reminded that because of pride, God resists us. And that's something that if you truly fear God and love him, you don't want him to resist you. So everything else gets pushed aside and you have God as your goal. And every time you do fall, it hurts you. And, and it hurts you in a way where you're like, God, I don't want to do this again. And, and that, it's, it's not a bad feeling to have because it's just, it's an encouragement for yourself because you continue to want to strive that way. But if we look at the world, too many people they don't learn the fear of God, and they don't build up on that. So all that they have is 
all that they see is, is the love of God, which is, not a good, which is not a bad thing. But when you just have the love of God, you don't have that fear. And you just use Jesus and his blood as pretty much a hand soap that you wash away your sins with. You don't have the love of God. You don't have the fear of God that is within you that when you hear about the grace of God and the love of God, it builds up and it encourages you. Because you know, I've just fallen. I've just sinned. But God's grace is able to, is sufficient for me and I can get up and try again and I can fight again. And through the fear of God, there is so much that we can learn. There's so much that we can understand. And it's just amazing. It never stops. It's continuously growing. And, and the fellowship that we begin to have with each other, we can talk about these things. We can begin to, to, to communicate with each other. When, when I think of fellowship, I think of talking about God with other people. I don't know about you guys, but I get excited about fellowship where I can talk to somebody about God, how good God has been to me, how good God has done, what God has done in my life. It's because we love him. We have a fear of him. And it's, it's not like, it's not the fear. I keep saying this over and over, but it's because it's I used to believe it so much. It's not the fear that we're scared of God. Some people say, or I've heard before where people are like, oh, you, like in college, I had a big um, debate with some people, but um, I wasn't as close to the Lord then, but praise God I am now. But um, they would say that, you know, you guys just fear the Lord and he's um, pretty much like, oh, you're always like, you're not allowed to do what you want and things like that. But it's because it comes back to Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 that we're, we're foolish. We don't understand what right and wrong is. We think that the right that we're doing in our life is correct and we think that it's good when really it's not. And when we truly begin to come to the Lord and we want him to open up to us and we just come, to the, just come to the word of God. God just wants to spend time. He wants to see that you want to get closer to him. If you, just, if you just come to church and you spend time in church and you go home and it's just a cycle over and over and over. I remember that used to happen to me all the time. I'd go to a camp. I'd go to church. I'd come home. A couple of weeks later, I'm back into the same cycle. We have to fear God for his reverence, for his, like have an awe of him. For, for he is good. He is almighty. He's the ever, everlasting God. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. And if you truly believe that, then you'll understand that. How does a God like that come humble himself to come to this earth to die for us? And every time I get remembered of that, it is, it's just something that, that helps me fall in love with him more. That helps me want to, to know him more. And it hurts me more when I'm falling into sin. When I'm the one that's falling on my knees. When I'm the one that's stumbling and just laying back in the snow because I feel comfortable. We get so used to being comfortable. And brothers and sisters, that's not what we're here for. The devil comes up to us and he likes to condemn us. He likes to make us feel that, that we shouldn't be doing that. Or this is better here because you're comfortable. Get out of your comfort zone, please. It's the only way that we can spread the word of God. It is the only way that we can share the gospel. And in this way, I'm even preaching to myself because we don't do it enough. We talk about this God that's everlasting. We talk about this God that is almighty, yet we don't fear him enough. We don't love him enough. We don't share it with other people. So what kind of God do we have? How are we telling other people? Our friends look at us and we're just following them. And they're like, dude, this guy's a Christian and he's with us. Like, he's following us. He doesn't seem to have much of a powerful God. How much does that hurt God? And for me, that's just something that I even look in my own life. And I'm, I see what God has done to me and for me. And I'm like, God, I don't deserve this. How much more can he do it in all of your lives? 
I get so excited when I can speak to younger kids, to the younger generation, because I'm like, don't make the, the mistakes that I made. Don't do the things that I did wrong. I want to help you. And some of them still have to go through that because that's the only way that God can break them. Because God wants to use us. And no matter who you are or what you are or what you think, how bad you might be, God wants to use you. And that's something that I find more and more in my own life. And I'm striving every day to just die to myself, to die to this flesh, to die to the desire to want to be better than somebody or to think that you can be better than someone. Humble yourself and be lower than everyone. Just like it, Paul talks, humble yourself so that you're, you're, be, you're below, like you're the lowest. Like when I get to talk to somebody else, I'm excited because I'm like, brother, like I'm a servant. I'm coming to you to, to tell you about the goodness of God. I'm coming to try to educate you and try to get you excited about it. Because for me, I know in my younger days, I, I, I did not, I did not like think about how I would follow Christ. I did not, like there wasn't, I just had this time where I, I thought I, I just had different desires. I had different passions. They were all of this world. And now that we know that they all perish, we know so much, but do we truly believe it? Because I feel like if we truly believed everything we know, because we know we have a lot of knowledge. A lot of people know a lot about the Bible. They just don't believe it with all their heart. And brothers and sisters, I, well, I'm going to come to a close on this. Um, I think I went over, but it's, it's okay. Um, I want us to pray and just ask God to, to give us the encouragement, no, no matter where we are, that we, may, that we may want to tell others about him because we truly love him. And I want him to teach us more on the love of God, to, to, I mean, on the fear of God, because the fear of God is the love of God, because it's showing us that we truly love God and we care for him, when we have a reverence for him and his glory. Now, let's all stand, I guess, and pray. Oh, God, we come before you, Lord God. I just want to thank you, Lord, that you've given us all the opportunity to come here today, Lord, because you want to speak to us. You've even spoken to me in my own word, in the word that you've given me, God, and I thank you. Lord God, help us humble ourselves so that we can begin, Lord God, to try to understand and to try to read the word and to try to grow into knowledge, Lord, so that we may fear you, God so that we may come close to you, Lord God, and that when friends or people come up to us, that we may be able to praise and glorify you for who you are, God. And that no matter who may come against us, God, you are the only thing that is there for us all the time, Father. You are the thing that we need to learn to love and to grow in because that is the beginning of everything. That is our foundation, God. And I praise and glorify you, God, because you continue to teach me these things, God. I know who I was and I know who I am. And no matter what the devil puts in my way, no matter what the devil says, I know who I was, but I'm saved through the grace of God through faith. Father, I thank you. Because what you have done in my life, you could do for so many other people, Lord. And I'm just in my beginning steps, Father, but I want to continue to learn and grow. And I want to begin, Lord God, to be able to tell others about you, Father, because this happiness and this joy and this love that we have for you, God, we want it to be spread across the nations, across the world, Lord. Not this washed down, Lord, this washed down gospel, God, that people preach, Lord God, but the true gospel, that we truly fear you, God. Not that we only love you and we use Jesus' blood, Lord, as something that just washes away our sins, but that we flee from temptation, that we flee from lust, so that we don't fall back into that same ditch, so that we don't fall back into the world, God. We are made, Lord God, and we are chosen people, Lord, 
that we may show the world, Lord, who you are and how good you are to us. God, and I ask that every single person that is here, Lord God, that they may think and listen and meditate on this word, God. That they may grow in the fear, God, and a reverence for you. So that we may be able to go to our old, to be able to go to our old friends, Lord, and tell them that we have a new salvation. We have a new thing that is cool, a new thing that is changing our lives. And we have something that we can praise God, praise you for, God. Because you continue to do a work in us, God. For who you have started a good work and you will finish, God. Lord, and I pray and I ask that you be with us wherever we go after this, Father. That our fellowship, Lord God, may be a fellowship of sharing the word of God with each other. That we may be able to talk and encourage each other. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.